0: Broader ecosystem really needs to work together to integrate digital therapeutics into existing clinical workflows and care pathways. And that can only be done with the ecosystem working together. So, really letting those silos down and work together to redesign clinical pathways and clinical workflows.
1: Welcome to Digital Therapeutics Edition of Digital Health Today, and I'm your host, Eugene Borachowicz. I thoroughly enjoy bringing you discussions with incredible industry leaders in every episode, and it would mean a lot to me if you could rate the podcast in your favorite player and hit that bell to be notified of future episodes. In the previous episode, I spoke with Jen Goldsack, CEO of Dime, the Digital Medicine Society. In their own words, Dime is a global nonprofit and the professional home for all members of the digital medicine community. Today, I spoke with Alberto Spifeco, Global Head of Digital Health and Innovation Strategy at Healthware Group. In their own words, Healthware combines advisory, agency services, and technology capabilities to improve health outcomes while delivering transformational business results. For full disclosure, I do serve as a media advisor to the Healthware Group. But before we dive in, I have interacted with the amazing Healthwarians in some way, shape or form for over a decade now. I only met Alberta about one and a half years ago when I had the pleasure of coming to Healthware's office in Salerno. Alberta and I walked for a while, chatting about health policy, digital health and more. She immediately struck me as a brilliant and kind human being whose passion for patients simply exuded with every sentence. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alberta. Alberta, welcome to the DTX Podcast. Would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and don't forget about one small interesting fact.
0: Hi, Eugene. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm Alberta Sprofiko and I'm Global Head of Digital Health and Innovation Strategy at health group Quickly about my background, I have a PhD in Development Economics, focusing on social policies and how to reduce poverty and inequality. And that's actually how I started working on digital health over 13 years ago now. So I was working on global development programs worldwide, mostly in underserved communities and developing countries. And I was seeing firsthand how limited and inequitable access to specialized quality healthcare and to healthcare professional is. And then I was fortunate enough to meet a physician who was working with NASA at the time to address some of the challenges they were facing on the space station and one being limited access to healthcare equipment at the point of care, and two, to specialized physicians on the space station itself. So there were problems very similar to the ones I was seeing and facing in the development programs, although in very different contexts. So we joined forces to address them and in particular, I then co-founded and started leading in partnerships with ecosystem stakeholders from ministries of health to scientific societies, patient associations, nonprofit organizations and manufacturers, global health development programs worldwide that aimed at integrating digital health innovations across healthcare systems to really enhance equity and access to quality healthcare. So that's what brings me here and drives me to work on these topics. And interesting fact, I now live on a farm in Italy.
1: At some point, you joined Healthware, I think about a year and a half-ish ago. So maybe talk a little bit what Healthware does and with a bit of a deeper dive into specifically digital therapeutics as we get there.
0: Yeah, of course. So I think Healthware is quite unique. We focus exclusively on health and in particular on health innovation. And we really have this concept of innovation as a strategy, kind of driving everything we do and being deeply rooted in the history of Healthware and its vision and its mission. And as Healthware, we've been working in the field of digital health for over 25 years, and we do so through a holistic perspective and kind of integrated capabilities. I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but these interdisciplinary capabilities are really quite key because when it comes to innovating in kind of complex systems like healthcare, we know that kind of siloed approaches don't work. And so I think healthcare is great in having kind of capabilities that go from the address needs that range from we need to have the high quality technology that responds to admin needs. But we also then need to be able to support integration into actual care pathways and ultimately into clinical and organizational protocols. And at the same time, we need to help inform and shape new policies. And at the very heart of it all, you have people and the need to engage stakeholders, help understand what digital health is about, putting people at the very center of making it happen, and so that it actually brings value and enabling skills evolution and digital culture evolution. So at HealthWorks and specifically within the digital health and innovation division, we care what we do is carry forward an advisory practice that adopts this integrated and holistic approach to help scale and integrate digital health innovations across healthcare systems and digital therapeutics being one of the key focus areas we work on. How we do that, just as examples, We engage all stakeholders around the topics of digital health innovations and digital therapeutics in particular. One of the contexts we do that in is at Frontiers Health. We co-host it and curate the content of it, which is Frontiers Health being one of the largest digital health conferences internationally. We work with all the different stakeholders to understand, to map care pathways, understand friction points and actual unmet needs. Because there are so many digital health solutions out there. But often the question is how and how much do they really answer to unmet needs and generate that value? So then we help search, identify and vet digital health solutions and many DTX in particular, helping also assess them from a multidimensional kind of health technology assessment perspective, which then helps them in their market access and go to market strategies. And then some really interesting work we do is mapping care pathways and really understanding why, based on the unmet needs and the literature, how and where do digital therapeutics or even broader digital health solutions fit within those care pathways? So how can we redesign the care pathways? How can we design even more operationally the clinical and organizational protocols? And a recent examples of this work is the expert opinion we published and co-authored with, with like a multi-stakeholder expert panel and developed with the non-conditional support of and DTX company, Epithon Digital Therapy, on digital therapeutics to enhance care pathways and integrate them in depression care pathways in Italy specifically. So we work to identify really why and how they fit and can generate value across care pathways. And then we do a lot of policy mapping and informing how policies can evolve and support equitable access through reimbursement to digital health solutions. And ultimately, overall, really support the go-to-market system integration and scale up and adoption of digital therapeutics across Europe, really. And it's quite an integrated approach to scaling innovations and
1: I have a bit of an unfair advantage here just on the work that you guys do. We had Sameli Lickenin from Orion Pharma here. I recently saw news about Newell. Maybe you can just touch on some those couple of things before we go deeper into some of the policy and other work that's going on here in Europe.
0: Yeah, of course. Those are great examples of what we do in terms of both as within the advisory digital health innovation division, but also with healthcare ventures. So we really help support the start and the growth of digital health startups, promising ones. And for example, with Samley and Orion Pharma, we helped identify a need in terms of a high unmet need and chronic pain. And then and lower back pain specifically. And then we helped in identifying how a, a digital health solution could be developed. In this case, a VR-based DTX, which was then clinically validated in terms of clinical efficacy. So really helping identify the need, develop that right solution and help scale and then drive its adoption. And with Newell, similarly, we help the startup develop solutions, for example, for Parkinson's as well as for hypertension and again, help how to make it scalable and be able to then ultimately be clinically validated and integrated into healthcare practice.
1: Can you speak a little bit about what you guys are seeing as far as challenges and scaling across the EU for the digital therapeutic companies given, you know, many local and country specific reimbursement frameworks, if they even exist?
0: Yeah, Eugene, the key vision and mission is that it helps scale, really, access and systemic adoption of digital health innovations and digital therapeutics specifically. And this is an opportunity and a challenge at the same time. So it's great that we see a lot of countries are working on developing or have developed frameworks, appraisal criteria, access and reimbursement pathways for digital medical devices and DTX specifically that can enable that equitable access. So on the one hand, it's great because we have seen countries, Countries, and we know that Germany has a framework established. France recently put out also its recent early access pathway for digital medical devices, both for digital therapeutics and telemonitoring. England, as well as well ahead, Belgium. But then there are two big challenges. One is countries that have not yet structured that fit for purpose appraisal criteria and access and reimbursement pathways. And then on the other hand, is at the moment, a lot of these require appraisal criteria at the national level and therefore for kind of replicating all that evidence generation at the local level. So a lot of work that needs to be done. Where can these fit for purpose appraisal criteria can be harmonized? Where can there be transferability of clinical evidence and recognition of access in one country as well as in another?
1: You're sitting in Italy and again I saw some things blink through on LinkedIn. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what you guys are doing. What's happening in Italy regarding digital therapeutics?
0: Yeah. So Italy, well, again, it's one of those countries that doesn't have a specific fit-for-purpose appraisal criteria and access and reimbursement pathways. So it is one of those countries that doesn't have it, but at the same time, there's a lot going on. On the one hand, kind on of policy level, a lot of investments are being put into developing the right digital infrastructure that can then boost system uptake and readiness once you do have that pathways in place. A lot of work is also ongoing and we're helping drive that also both top down from the policy level down to also bottom up. So a lot of advocacy work is ongoing and proposals on how to shape policies that can be applicable to the Italian healthcare system and allow assessment and reimbursement of digital therapeutics. So a lot of work is ongoing and some of the work we're carrying forward is exactly on proposing different potential policy frameworks, seeing how the digital medical device pathway can be adapted to be with fit for purpose criteria for digital therapeutics or digital medical devices more broadly. Bottom up, we're engaging stakeholders, really understanding the value and the specificities of DTX that are rooted in clinical evidence and therefore advocating for why and how they should be able to made accessible in an equitable manner. We have countries nearby where they are reimbursed. And if there's clinical evidence proving their efficacy, it also comes to a point of equity and ethical considerations that patients enabled equitable access to them. So that's something we are committed to working on. And at the policy level, a lot of work is ongoing in terms of enabling access and reimbursement to telemedicine. And although that being different to digital therapeutics, a lot of the work done could expand and then be applied to digital therapeutics too. So it's an evolving scenario.
1: Well, that sound means it's time for a question from our amazing partner on this podcast, Chandana Fitzgerald, who is the CEO of Health Excel and as her friends call her, Dr. No Crack. Let's see what question Chandana has for our guest today. Hi, Alberta. Would love to understand why the DTA has partnered with Healthware, given that the DTA has an extensive presence in the EU and has done significant work across the EU already.
0: Yeah, thanks Chandana for the question. The DTA and how for are working really closely and partnering on really mapping and understanding the evolving digital health landscape in terms of policy and access and reimbursement and fit for purpose appraisal criteria. And with a vision of helping inform that and to enable equitable access to digital healthcare.
1: And I'm going to jump in here. So let's just dive deeper. So what does that actually mean week to week or month to month basis? Megan was on this podcast in season one. I know she's on, let's call it our side of the pond now. So taking a quite a bigger role, ex-US work, even though just policy is her middle name. Please tell us a little bit more what's happening on week-to-week basis with you guys.
0: Yeah. So Megan and I and the whole team, DTA team and healthware team are really working significantly We set up this European DTX policy coalition and we've been engaging with institutional representatives, trade association representatives across European countries. On the one hand, with short-term missions of kind of mapping the evolving scenario, really in-depth understanding of fit-for-purpose appraisal criteria, where do these differ, where are the convergence opportunities or opportunities for harmonizing some of these standards, but also with a bigger vision of setting up a co-branded website that can be a go-to place to find resources, information on the evolving policy scenario, and both for policymakers looking to develop fit-for-purpose appraisal criteria and policy statement, as well as for manufacturers and all ecosystem stakeholders to understand really what toolkits are there available to understand what policies are looking like for digital therapeutics, what are the appraisal criterias, how are they evolving, what are some best practices or recommendations that can be shared and scaled.
1: We're going to take a quick break and be right back with Alberta Sperfica. Global Head of Digital Health and Innovation Strategy and Healthware Group. Given some relatively recent news on Chapter 11 for paratherapeutics, I'm curious on how you're looking at this and your thoughts on the future of prescription digital therapeutics.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, super sad news for paratherapeutics, which really pioneers paving the way in this really important area of digital health innovation and second for the whole industry. It's um, super unfortunate news. My thoughts on it are, on the one hand, cheers to them, because really they did pave the way and were super pioneers in it. And it often happens, many cases where them pay the price of paving new pathways and the industry is not fully ready. In this case, the healthcare systems are not fully ready to scale that opportunity and address that need and value-adding opportunity that's there. And on the other hand, again, I think that the common thread we've been chatting about here is that there's this need to go from phase one of digital therapeutics where solutions have been available, but there was very little awareness and understanding. Phase two with this growth of understanding and awareness and even hype to some extent. And then phase three, which was, of course, was accelerated also with the pandemic these new access and reimbursement pathways, but fragmented across countries to phase four, and which is what we are helping and advocating for, is we really need health care systems to step up and understand that these are clinically validated solutions that can help improve health outcomes, that they can bring value to the different stakeholder across the pathways, and therefore they need to be made accessible in a sustainable manner. And the shift happens when there's that systemic reimbursement and that allows on the one hand access, and on the other hand, for these companies developing these value-adding innovations to be sustainable
1: standalone digital therapies, and this has been my view, I think, from season one and even before that, we always need a human being surrounding it. I used to ask this question on, is it standalone or DTX versus disease management 2.0? Where do you see humans in the equation and specifically health coaches? That's music to our ears always.
0: Yeah, well, I see humans being like the very core and across the equation, really. First of all, in terms of what's the need, I mean, if it doesn't come from a basic human and health need, they don't generate any value. Second, digital therapeutics and and other digital health solutions like digital companions, they really work to, in many cases, to complement and enhance care. So the healthcare practitioner still plays a key role in understanding where they fit in, when to prescribe it or when to recommend it. And on the other hand, patients play a key role in being motivated to use it appropriately, to having the skills, the capabilities, and then the motivation, and a really understanding that this is a new kind of therapeutic solution that they drive and they play a key role in using it and driving that efficacy. And then health coaches specifically, I think they play a key role across the spectrum. Because they really help guide us as patients through complex healthcare system, often fragmented. And then they can also really help guide the um, compliance to the use of digital therapeutics, their appropriate use, again, so that ultimately they can drive those clinical outcomes that they've made clinical evidence saying they can help drive.
1: That's actually the amazing part about this workforce that's focused on behavior change as non-clinical part of a healthcare team. So thank you for that thoughts and feedback. Now, I get to that question of a guest giving advice to, and then fill in the blank. Typically, people choose entrepreneurs, policymakers, doctors, patients, but I think in a cross-section of what you guys do as healthcare, but also obviously with the Digital Therapeutic Alliance, my question is going to be a little bit broader. What advice would you give to the broader ecosystem on digital therapeutics?
0: Yeah, I think the broader ecosystem really needs to work together to integrate digital therapeutics into existing clinical workflows and care pathways. And that can only be done with the ecosystem working together. You need the manufacturers creating the right solutions. You need the doctors understanding the value and saying where and because of the evidence and the needs they fit in. You need the patients to adopt them and understand the value and you need policymakers to make them accessible in a sustainable manner and equitable manner. So really letting those silos down and work together to redesign clinical pathways and clinical workflows.
1: I started asking this question recently, and given that while you're not new to healthcare, but I guess new into the healthcare world and kind of maybe the broader just digital health scene, I'd like to know who inspires you. Who do you look up to either specifically in digital therapeutics or broader digital health?
0: Well, I'm definitely quite lucky. I mean, we have Roberto as our CEO, Roberto Shone as our CEO. <laughs> so I,
1: I was gonna say that cannot be the answer. That's that not,
0: cannot be that I know, that was quite a granted <laughs> one. But you know, you know, he's definitely quite an inspirational leader. So definitely share the mission and definitely an inspirational leader. And then I was just as lucky to have this mentor, this physician that works on digital health innovation with NASA and Innovation Institute in the U.S. And he also paved the way for the way I see health innovations.
1: That was the amazing part to me, what you were describing in the beginning of this, that the scarcities in space and underserved populations. So it's really eye-opening. Well, we started with you, Alberta. Would love to finish with you this particular episode. What makes you get up in the morning?
0: Yeah, definitely the driving mission of playing a little part into enhancing human development with health being like really the key fundamental component for all of us to flourish and live fulfilling life and having fulfilling societies.
1: Alberta, thank you for making the time.
0: Thank you so much, Eugene. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for tuning into the Digital Therapeutics edition of Digital Health Today, a production of Mission-Based Media. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player so you're automatically notified each time I speak with one of these amazing leaders and trailblazers who are forging the path for digital therapeutics. If you'd like to learn more about your Coach Health or Health Excel, You can find the links to this and more in the show notes for this episode. I'm Eugene Borovic, and catch you next time.